0: Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. This week, I really didn't have a podcast lined up. I'm actually working on two others in the background. One of them is actually another that I'm going to be doing with Glinda. I am going to be working on a blog that I'm going to be posting sometime soon, and that has to do with trials and faith, so be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the podcast I did on Just Praise Him Radio yesterday, uh, the title of that being... The white horse rides, the tribulation has begun. So without further delay, here's the podcast. Enjoy, guys.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Linda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, Believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Apocalypse, the White Horse is Already Riding, with special guest Ray Bergman, who is the author of the Innocence Redeemed blog. Y'all have heard Ray before. He's really, really sharp. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you so much for making time and and helping to write this podcast so that we could present it to the people.
0: Well, you're welcome, Glenda. It's great to be back again.
1: So, the way this podcast came to be is um, yesterday, I didn't think we were gonna have a podcast this week because I was really, really ill last week and y'all bad. Uh, but yesterday, someone emailed me saying that she's going to be fired from her job if she does not take the vaccine. And her boss just gave them a new mandated deadline saying, okay, every employee has to be vaccinated by this date or you forfeit your job. And she wrote me just, you know, desperate, you know, like, what do I do? because she really needs her job and we can all identify with that. Make no mistake, this is not an easy decision for a lot of people. You know, I know what it's like to need a job desperately for the income and to put up with all kinds of maltreatment to keep it. And I'm sure many of you also know. I was in a job like that once when my boss tried to get me to commit insurance fraud. On the basis of my beliefs alone, I was not about to do that. But it's also a felony. And I found out later that he got everybody who worked for him to do stuff like that. And then he held it over their heads and made them work unbelievably long hours. I'm not making this y'all. I'm not exaggerating. I think the minimum day there was 10 hours and most people were just on salary. And that way he could make them work more hours. If I remember right. uh, And I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But some of us um, were on salary. There were a few people I think that were on hourly. He was very abusive to the poor people that were employed by him. And none of us, would have worked for him if we could have been anyplace else. But that was during the Silicon Prairie bust and there just weren't any jobs in Dallas. But needless to say, I dreaded, you know, telling him that I wasn't going to do what he asked me to do. And I fully expected that he would say, OK, bye. So. You know, all the big tech companies had folded there, people were out in the roads, Holding, You would be driving to work in the morning or driving home in the evening and people were in the middle of the road holding signs, please, you know, I I need a job so I can feed my kids. I'm going to lose my house. You know, people were losing their house. It was just a sad time. So I prayed and then I walked over and I laid the paperwork he had given me in front of him. And I said, sir, uh, I know you and I believe differently, but what you're asking me to do here is insurance fraud. And it's not only against the law, but it's against my beliefs as a Christian. And I can't do it. And I walked back to my desk and sat down and waited for my pink slip. It never came. I think he was shocked that I would say no to him. But if he was, he underestimated my faith. You know, he was not a person of faith, of any faith. So my viewpoint and what comforted me while I waited to be fired was the knowledge that I knew I was doing the right thing and I knew I was doing the legal thing and also I knew if I lost that job for doing what was right in God's eyes, he was well able to bring me another job, even during the bust. <clears throat> you don't want to have to, you know, go through the faith and believe for all that. But, you know, it didn't come automatic to me back then like it does now. But while I waited for my pink slip, I just prayed. I said, OK, Lord, I just put this in your hands because I've done what I, I know to do, what is right. And I can't do anything else. And though I was not fired from that job. The Lord did bring me another job, um, although the, it was There were two jobs offered to me like in the same week. And it was only, I want to say it was a couple weeks or maybe a month after this happened. I can't remember the time frame. But the first one that was offered to me, I took it because I wanted out of that one so bad. And it was a good job from a worldly point of view. The next job that was offered to me was for my old boss, but it would have been an extreme commute. And I did not think I could do an hour and a half commute each way. Doing it later showed me I couldn't, not for very long. But so I had taken that job. And it was another tyrant. It was making quite a bit more money. uh, Not long after that incident, in spite of the bust that was going on, but it was working a lot of hours, working for somebody else. I had worked for at bank of America and, you know, I didn't even have to hunt for that job. God just brought it to me because I had, I think because I had passed the test. I think that the Lord gave me that test. I was in the wilderness and he tested me and I passed it. So he brought me a better job. So, um, Stand for what is right and trust the Lord. If you're put in a position like this, if your faith in him is strong, you will be able to do this. If it's not strong, you need to work on making it stronger, okay? He can bring you money out of almost nowhere in ways and through people that will amaze you. Amen. And I do mean he will amaze you. He will amaze you. Trust him that he knows where there are more jobs that you can do because he does. No matter what, don't compromise what you believe. And, Ray, if I remember right, you went through something similar some years back, did you not?
0: I did. um, It was a few years ago. And I had told part of that story in the very first podcast we did uh, when we talked about my wilderness or how I started going into the wilderness. Because when I've talked to you uh, behind the scenes, you've mentioned that before. Like, I think you were already in the wilderness. And I said, yeah, you you could be right because it didn't seem like anything there was going too well anyway. But uh, I processed uh, mental health claims for Medicaid. And they would have me going and uh, constantly looking over the same claims, even though I had said these people are not eligible. They're not. Well, we just need to get them out the door anyway. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Aren't we violating HIPAA by and isn't that fraud at trying to get someone to pay something if they don't have coverage? Because what if it goes you through just
1: get them out the door?
0: Well, that's what it seemed like. I mean, I don't I don't know if they had deadlines to me and they had because they had meetings with the higher up. So I think that that's, you know, what they might have been. Uh, trying to do I, I can't be sure I can't be certain one way or the other but I just know that it didn't feel right and then if I didn't get them it's like I'd go I'd, I'd make an excel sheet and say well they don't have eligibility they weren't covered for this date and then the next morning I'd come in and my this coworker next to me Jasmine she would get the same report I'm like wait a minute I just and she'd say Ray I just saw that you t-. I'm like I did and I noted it why is she giving that why are they giving that to you So it it was just rotating. They were rotating it all around. So it's like you would do that all week long and it just became redundant.
1: That's ridiculous, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And then uh, to go back further than that, you know, as far as making choices, you know, with what you were saying about the uh, person who had emailed you, you know, before I was working in that temp. And by the way, I wanted to add, um, I'm sorry. In the end, I ended up just not showing back up. I didn't even give my notice because, number one, it was a temp job, and I had been asking about full-time placement, and they just would look at me like a deer in headlights. They didn't have answers for me. And it's like, you know, it's up on the three months. I'm commuting over an hour to get here. This is expensive. I wasn't making very much money as compared to my old job. And so to be going in and doing the redundancy, it just became very tedious, and I didn't want to really stick around for that anymore. So I just didn't show up one day. But you know, going back um, as far as the V is concerned. So previously, I worked for a company where, as of 2011, they said that in order to keep your job, you had to get a you had to get the flu shot every year. And they said that if you didn't, the alternative choice to that was a voluntary separation of employment. And you know, with what everything that we see, and I didn't agree with that then. I mean, I took it, but I took the non-preservative one that they would give to pregnant women because I didn't want the one with the thimerosal and all the preservatives and stuff in there because. I had heard things about heavy metals and all that, yeah. because before then I never took the flu shot. I never voluntarily took it. So, when with what we know now, with all the questions that are not being answered, and with all the you know people getting blood clots and all these other things, I, I would not you know take the chance on taking something, especially when I've heard rumors about I've seen. A lot of things on what it's being used for. I know what the what it's being used for, and you know, to get the compliance, it's just over and over and over again. It seems to be the uh, it's a new variance created every single time just to get people in line. And I, I'm sorry, but you know, if if I came down to it, I would resign. I wouldn't worry. You know, throughout my whole life, whenever I've left a job, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, or times I've walked out, I've been fine. I never worried about it. And actually, you know, I've, and I've gotten through just fine. I didn't go hungry. You know, I always had a place to stay, either a friend or a family member. Now, some people may not, but, you know, the Lord has a way to provide. And that's the thing you have to remember. But I, under no circumstance or incentive, would I stay for a job that was making me put something questionable into my body. No way.
1: I would not submit to that either. There used to be laws that protected us from that sort of thing, but Since it's the lawmakers now who are behind most of this, we need a higher authority to protect us. Good thing we have just that. Yesterday on Thursday, the Lord just told me that he is drawing the lines more strongly. And I don't know if some of you that have followed the podcast long enough will remember. um, Years ago, he gave us a word that, you know, he was dividing the sheep and the goats. He was drawing the lines. He was drawing a dividing line between his people and the enemy's people, basically. And what this means, if he's darkening the lines, he's darkening the the separations. It means that many situations will now appear in our lives where we are forced to choose what is right or what is wrong. And a lot of times these choices will put us at risk for losing something or or even everything. You know, when the mark comes out, the choice is going to be, okay, you take this or you lose everything. So like with the DNA altering vaccine question, how will you choose? What if this coming Monday, your boss walks in and says, we have a new rule here that if you don't take the vaccine today, if you have not been vaccinated, you either have to take the vaccine today or you will have what Ray calls a voluntary separation of employment. What if that happens to you on Monday? Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for You know, when they start sending troops around door to door and they say either take the vaccine or, you know, whatever they're going to do, kill you, lock your house up, kick you out. I don't know what they'll I don't know what they will threaten with. But if it doesn't happen with this agenda, it will happen when the mark comes out. And we have to be ready. This is basically training for that. What if they pass a law declaring that you're a danger to your family if you don't take the vaccine? Will you stand against it then? What if they pass a law saying everyone who does not take the vaccine will forfeit all their money and all their investment accounts, all their wealth?
0: They're already considering making laws, to, or they already are looking at that. They're already making suggestions that we should take people's children away.
1: I was shown about a month ago that when the mark comes out, the people who don't take the mark will be declared unable to care for their children. And they are going to take the children and they're going to put them in re-education camps. So there you go. Yeah. So that's coming. I don't know how soon, but it's coming, y'all. And I, it grieves me to say that. It grieves me because my friends that are staying with me, they have three small children. And they're both devout Christians. And you can say, oh, I'm going to fight them off. I'm going to fight them off. I'm going to fight them off. You can't fight off a whole army. You cannot fight off a whole government. Nobody is that tough except Jesus. So I'm just saying. So make no mistake. They are going to pull out all the stops when they're pushing their agenda. This is not a drill. God has said to us, this is not a drill. This time is not a drill. The end times are not something that's going to happen in some future generation. We are the generation. This is the time. And that's what we want you to really understand through this podcast, is what time it actually is on the clock.
0: Faith. You know, faith, Glenda. Faith is the answer that it will all work out if you trust in the Lord. It's like I was saying earlier when I mentioned leaving positions and not knowing where provisions would come from. I always got through them. You know, the Lord's going to lead all who call on him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Additionally, we read in Luke 12, verses 6 and 7, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Moving on to verse 29. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. For where your treasure is, this is verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What if they say you're going to lose your freedom? Well... You're going to lose it anyway. So you have to reflect on it and ask yourself, what are you really willing to trade to hang on to it? I mean, we know this because it's written that God's people will suffer in the end days, to which there is no shame for. You know, Paul wrote much about the hardships we will encounter. And we talk about these subjects that so people understand, and we're doing so so that we can help them. You know, others around may not understand what we're doing when we, you know, someone might say, you quit your job. Oh, why didn't you just go (laughs) along, you know? But, you know, this is why using the word to instruct others is so important to teach others. Glenda, I'd like to read from 2 Corinthians 6, verses 3 through 10. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, because I know we might have a lot of new believers, and uh, that's sometimes easier for some to follow. We live in such a way, starting on verse 3, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, which is a endurance, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. So those verses demonstrate we will have hardships and troubles. But think about the love God has for us. Romans eight thirty-five 35-37 Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or are hungry, or destitute, or in danger or threatened with death? And folks, these are going to be a lot of the things we're going to be facing in this season. Not, all, not everyone, but many. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. All these verses said, they all come back to one point, and that's the endurance. That's the trust, and that's the faith we have in the Lord that he will lead us through. Now, as far as freedom is concerned, if you've been watching, we've already lost it where the world is concerned. But the good news for everyone is there is no freedom greater than that which is in Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. And I want to just share something that the Lord just showed me while you were talking. He just showed me that all those patience tests that we've all been enduring were to build our endurance up.
0: Trials by faith.
1: I can't, believe, can't believe I didn't see that. Okay.
0: And that's interesting because he's been speak. i haven't told you, but he's been speaking to me about behind the scenes about Trials by Faith, and I'm thinking he wants me to write a piece on that here soon, so I'm going to be probably doing that.
1: Oh, wow. Good.
0: Because t- it would be also another timely blog to write.
1: Yes, it would. And your blogs are very informative.
0: And you know, Glenda, Jesus said in John twelve twenty six, If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him my father will honor. So what about your soul? What if you are going to pay with your soul to hold on to the things and people you love now? You know, Jesus said as written in Mark 8, verse 35 through 37, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. That is, you know, being doers of the word. You believe the word, so you're a doer of the word. So it's his sake and his word. Verse 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. And, you know, further on, this is after, uh, you know, the saints are persecuted. Revelation twelve eleven, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And that means they overcame the spirit of the Antichrist. And, you know, that's what's on the rise now. Yes. So, in other words, is there anything more important than losing your soul because you love the world so much that you're willing to clamor for that? All of these scriptures pertain to belief. They all pertain to remaining of his testimony, and they all pertain to endurance and faith.
1: Um. Ray, will you talk a little bit about your blog about The Conqueror? I've read part of it. I've not gone back and read all of it. But what I read still, I mean, I'm still just amazed by what you wrote. And I'm still shocked at what the Lord spoke to you about the white horse. I think very few people actually understand where we are time-wise. I'm not sure I even understood or that I do completely now because there uh, there are some markers that we're always watching for. And that was not just another sermon you wrote. It's urgent now.
0: Sure, so about two months ago on the morning of May 13th, to be exact, I had just woken for the day around 4.30, 5-ish, and normally I sit for a moment before I go get the coffee ready, and I was just out of bed making my way to my chair and had not even wiped the sleepies out of my eyes when the Lord began to speak to me, and I heard in my spirit the white horse rides. So I paused and just sat there reflecting for a moment, and I asked, as in the white horse in Revelation 6? The Lord's reply was, yes, son. They are planning to come for my people. Now, for a refresh on this, on the white horse, Revelation 6, verses 1-2 through 2 say, As I watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. What do you see now? When the Lord spoke this message, and because of Revelation 6 describes the seals being opened, I then inquired further in prayer to ask if these would be concurrent with one another, you know, happening all at once or in any particular order. And the Lord began to speak as I leaned in. One leads to the next. And as my people stand firm, the enemy will attempt to create further much chaos and confusion. That's actually already happening.
1: That is already happening. And those are two of the hallmarks of Satan.
0: And then he went on, I will lead those who belong to me to have many victories in this season. But as I do, the evil ones in power will attempt more control and persecution. So after this message was given to me, I continued to study Revelation 6 naturally because I w- and kept praying because I wanted to see, or I was trying to seek if he would reveal more to me, specifically what he needed to tell his people. And then so a few days later, while in prayer, he spoke to me again. The leaders in your countries have made laws against you. These laws have been enacted now. Those telling you the need for them throw a veil of deception upon you, but their true intent is to harm you. My people must remain in me, as I am the wisdom you seek to guide you through, for those not remaining in me shall perish. Hold not to the things of the past, and not the things of the earth, for these shall be lost in the coming calamities. Too many of my children are setting their hearts on a past season, while the season before you entails much destruction and lack. Think not on the past, for there is a time for everything, and these times you think of are no more." Keep your focus on me, for I will keep you in peace and safety. Cling not to the life as you have known it, but your life in me. I will provide all you need. You know, we need to be focused on him, guys, not the storm. So true. So the full blog where I wrote this can be found uh, under my most recent podcast, which is titled Time is Running Out, and that can be found at blog. And I linked to it in that post because I had talked about it as it pertains, but I also went further in that podcast in stating how I believe we are seeing everything lining up. I mean, even with the other seals that follow and the signs to watch for, I talked about the horses getting ready to ride, and I believe they're already, you know, they're being held back, but they're they're wanting to stampede. You know, I some people believe even the red horse is starting to ride, and there are some interesting things, but I explain all that. So I recommend checking that out as the time really is running out. Just look at South Africa if you want to preview as to where things are going. There's food and water shortages, and as a result, people are panicking and letting anger control them, even going as far to attack infrastructure like electric and water facilities. Wow. You know, it's irrational behavior. Yeah. I just read they are sending in 25,000 troops to help to restore order.
1: Well, the human body can only go three days without water. And when it comes to food, when you go into to a certain degree of starvation, your brain starts to change. And it actually leads to a kind of madness. It does. I'm, I'm thinking that's not going to be too pretty to watch.
0: And we're getting a front row seat to that.
1: Yeah. yeah. We're
0: all, the world, not just America, but the world is being given a glimpse into what is coming to other nations. So the time for denial is over. This will come here at some point. It's just a question of what event's going to be used to do do it. And likely it's going to be blamed on a cyber attack. I mean, conveniently, Klaus Schwab, you know, he's a well-known globalist, just announced a drill under the title of Cyber Polygon with regards to infrastructure and how it needs to be quote-unquote secured. So going back to what I just said about what's happening in South Africa, it demonstrates how fragile infrastructure really is and how dependent we are on it. And not only that, how folks will act when times get tough and we take this as a warning because we have already seen interruptions as a prequel to that. We've already been seeing that happening this year if you've noticed. Yeah. Faith is going to be very important in the times upon us. I mean, we never know. This could be our very last podcast. And I really hope Yeah, and I really hope folks are downloading these because anything stored in the cloud can disappear. Oh yeah. There's a speeding up of everything as things are being shaken. You know, it's the birth pangs if you will.
1: Yep.
0: Schwab said we would need to vaccinate the web.
1: Vaccinate the web.
0: Yeah, and you can look this up to verify it. He also said everyone needs to be chipped.
1: Yeah, well, I won't say what I think about that idea, but we'll just leave that alone.
0: Yep. And what most don't know is they did a drill for, a pand- for the pandemic called Event 201. And six months later, lo and behold, it hit.
1: And now they're wanting to do a drill for a cyber attack for a, the infrastructure going down. Yeah. So in six months, we may see that.
0: I don't know about the timing. I'm just saying it was interesting the last time they did a drill, that it was six months later.
1: Yeah.
0: So, you know, draw your own conclusions on that one. Yeah. Just So just saying, you know, it ought to raise an eyebrow to anyone because out of a big enough crisis comes the Great Reset, which we then know will bring on the mark of the beast and everything up until now has been a conditioning or a testing to gauge who will and who will not go along with it.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, a big problem with all of this it's hard for most to comprehend these things because the average person isn't evil. Amen. The, you know, the average person's not isn't sitting around thinking about these things. The average person has a family, has a job, they have a home to take care of, a social life, and they have little time to research what these elite people are up to.
1: Great.
0: And I mean, it's so radical, it sounds like a horror movie, and they have all bet, you know, that most people will never believe it, even as they implement it and have said that it doesn't exist. And even as they, they said all along that they weren't doing any such thing. They yeah. said, that, they said in front, the president of France, you know, he said over, he said he would not make, he said he would not make passports mandatory, but now they are. Yeah. So you yeah, see how, they it,
1: say one thing and then do another.
0: That's always how it goes. And it's always problem, crisis. It's always the crisis and then it's the solution.
1: And we know that they have the cheating. The powers that be have the machinery that can cause any kind of crisis.
0: Yep, and even as they're implementing it, they think they've got it in such. They think that they have it in the bag now, that they'll still say it doesn't exist, even though it's happening. It's. I mean, it's right in your face. But yet yeah, they'll they'll safe. say, yeah, they'll say it. Oh, it's that. There's nothing going on. These people are conspiracy theorists. They need to be done away with.
1: Yeah, they're the radical crazy people. But, you know, one of Satan's biggest advantages is that so many people don't believe in him. Many others, when they think of him, they just imagine, you know, the cartoon version that you saw in cartoons when you were a little kid. Not the evil creature he really is who hates us.
0: No, it's not the dog dressed up as the devil with a red cape on, like in Looney Tunes. You know, or, you know, it's not just it's not just that not the unbelief they some of them do will they mock it they embrace it and think they're going to have all these pleasures and that hell is some sort of utopia yeah
1: that is not what's down there
0: and they sell it to the public like it's a good thing you know popular culture they've done that hollywood's been has been notorious for doing that for years yeah. it's not i mean it's not it's not a great place and it's hell is dark and tormenting for an eternity It's not for people. Mm. Some folks have been shown what it looks like. I've read testimonies online. People have had dreams or have been taken there. And shown that if they didn't shape up, that's where they were going.
1: That would not be a fun trip.
0: So when we talk about not trading your soul to hold on to normal, and we plead for people to repent, this is what they need to understand. You know, a wilderness, as you know, Glenda, it's trying already. But I'd rather, but you know, I'd rather have that or refining over spending an eternity in hell and being tormented where there is never any rest or giving up my birthright and soul like Esau did for a bowl of lentils. Because once he did that, he begged with bitter tears, but it was too late. And the same with the mark. Once you've been warned and disregard what's being said here, there's no repentance for that. If you willingly go ahead and do it.
1: I believe that's true.
0: And you know, it's important to remember that evil is done in the dark. Dirty deeds are often hidden until the light is shined on them. But these evil people who do this to us, and yes, they are evil, have invested so much into this, despite how obvious it is becoming. They believe they have it in the bag. And I was just, you know, like I had just said earlier, they don't care anymore whether or not you know what they're planning to do, even though they denied it for decades.
1: They have enough people and enough money behind what they're doing. They don't have to care anymore.
0: Yeah. And so what's the conclusion? I mean, it just goes to show that the world does not love you. Because the world world in itself, most of it, it, I'm sorry, but it's been taken over by evil. And what people need to realize is Jesus loves you. Don't trade your soul and eternal life with him for exchange to keep a job or hold on to what you quote unquote call normal. You know, as Christians, we know the times because we know the word, and that is the importance of knowing the word, as we have discussed in great detail so as to have the wisdom from God, which will guard our souls in such an evil time. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And that's where we are, folks, because just as the messages come to me, and Glinda the same, I'm sure you can speak to this too, the same will be when he comes for those who are his. And we we need to be, and we don't know when that will be, so we need to be ready, because we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. We need to focus and keep watch on Jesus.
1: That is absolutely the truth. We don't know when he's coming back for us, and for sure we do not want to be left behind in this wicked, ugly world when he does. I know I don't want to be left here. So I want y'all to think about this week. What is the price that you would compromise your beliefs for? Look at your family. Look at your possessions. Look at your job. Look at your bank account. And would you be able to release each one of those if you had to, to keep your soul, even if it meant dying? Because eventually you're going to have to answer that question if you are on the earth long enough. We all will have to answer it. Because if there is any price you will sell your soul for, the devil will find it. Make no mistake about that. And he will send somebody to buy it. In short, like the Lord has told us a couple of times in the words, we have a lot less time than we thought. The white horse is riding. That's what the Lord spoke to Ray that morning. The white horse rides. He's riding now. That means we're already in the seals. I believe we are literally standing on the threshold of the great tribulation if we're not already in it. It's time for each of us to choose and be sure of which God we're going to serve with all our hearts and then stick to that no matter what the cost to us is because we're really out of time. Jesus gave us his best. Now it's time for us to give him ours.
0: One way or another, everyone will be getting on their knees. It's just a question if you choose mercy or to be brought to them when the judgments begin. You know, as I've said, don't wait. Choose life. Choose Amen. eternal life in Him, in Jesus.
1: Amen. Amen. You can bow voluntarily or involuntarily. As they say in the movies, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. And, you know, I get so many prayer requests each week, and I never mind saying a prayer for a friend or somebody in a hard season. But if somebody sends me request after request after request after request, then I know they're getting bowed in my faith instead of building their own. And and I used to do that early in my walk. I used to do that to my cousin who was married to, uh, uh, well, it was my cousin who was a pastor. And I used to call his wife and say, could y'all pray for me about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't even realize myself what I was doing. I just didn't feel like my prayers were enough. And if you're getting by on my faith instead of building your own, and this time you don't want to be running on my faith or Ray's faith or on your pastor's faith. You need to have your own faith. One of these nights, you're going to go to bed and the missiles are going to come in. Okay? it's going to happen to all of us. We're here long enough and we will all wake up the next day or when it happens to a whole new world where we can no longer talk to each other. We can't listen to podcasts. We can't even send an email to say, hey, thanks for being my friend. I'll see you on the other side. It will all be over. The Lord told us in one of the words, it will all change in one day. And what you have not learned and the time you have not spent building up your faith are all going to hit home. But it's going to be too late because you cannot build your faith when you're on the run and when you're dodging earthquakes and pestilence and all that kind of thing. Trying to stay alive, trying to find even one bite of bread to eat, hoping your family is okay. The time to get right is now. We have to let go of the world and hold on to Jesus and the word of God.
0: Glinda, you've released uh, messages on that before. You've given messages on your blog in regards to that one night where everything will change and how the next day will bring a whole new day, a whole new reality to everybody. And, you know, I think...
1: The Lord told us that many souls would go into hell that night.
0: Yep. And people will be doing normal things, you know, just like they were in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were playing around up until the very last moment when he got Lot out of there. Yeah you just
1: have eaten your dinner and taken your shower and gone to bed and think everything's fine and that it's all, that's it. You think it's not normal now? Wait till that night. Yeah. And I, I mean, th- we all miss normal. Don't get me wrong. I wish that we had more normal, normal time too. I never dreamed that I was going to be in the end time generation. Never even occurred to me in younger years, but we are. So we just got to do the best that we can with it.
0: Yeah. I never imagined it either. And you know, many of us, are getting the same revelations and there's this pleading of urgency. I'm sure you felt it. I have felt it. People I know have felt it.
1: I feel it so strong.
0: You said many rounds felt it. Yes. Brother Tom's felt it. Yes. And, you know, interestingly enough, last night I was listening to a podcast uh, on the Hagman report by Steve and uh, guests on there were Steve Quill and Robert Griswold and I really suggest everybody go and check that out. The title of that show is "Resist the Lies and Live." And
1: we'll put a link to that in the description.
0: Yeah, of this show, Bob Griswold, he went into he was pleading with people to get right, and he was laying it out one by one what it will be like in the tribulation for those who stay on the fence, and what they will do to get food.
1: What those people are doing to be to get food, guess what? They're gonna be doing it to us to whoever's still here.
0: Yeah, and the Antichrist—he'll be masquerading as the man of peace. He'll be promising food and all these yeah. cr- and all these great things if you take that mark. So think to what they're promising now: freedom, normalcy. Yeah. But in exchange for what? Notice it's always one more thing you have to do—one more thing to get that freedom back. One more thing, but you never get your freedom. So true. Does it sound familiar? Are you seeing it, folks? Revelation thirteen sixteen through eighteen. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is triple six. Consider your choices, folks. You know, this is already happening in Australia. They're making people scan QR codes to get into shops. Oh, wow! They're telling people in Ireland and in the u k that they're going to have to start showing passports to go into places. This is all that, con- It's conditioning
1: yeah, I want to mention real quick. We know that they already came out with a chip. It was in some other country like Switzerland or someplace else. They got some people to do a test yep. whatever country it was where I've they seen had that. they implanted it like in their hand, and they would scan their car door and their car would unlock, and they said all their... Financial and all their medical information was in there. Well, guess what? If your medical information and your finances are in your chip, and they control the chip, guess what? They can take your money at will. Yeah. And don't think for a minute they won't control you because they'll do it. They may say they won't, but they will. They're going to do whatever they want to do once they get everybody chipped.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I've talked. And I think
1: and- they're going to use a combination of like the code, the QR code, and the chip, and all that, all rolled into one what do you
0: think I think it'll start that way and eventually it'll it, they won't even bother with the with the with the QR codes anymore they'll just have it all set up in, within people Yeah and I've talked about the patents Glinda. I've talked and described on how this was all being set up I've been doing this now for at least 2 months Oh wow There's a reason the cryptocurrency has been hyped it, and it wasn't to make money but you notice that's how they were suckering everybody into it Yeah the the agenda and, and by the way, that started back in 2011. I don't know if most people remember back, but that was when you started hearing about that. And then you didn't hear about it for a while, you know, but then lately it was this big craze like, oh, make money, get into cryptocurrency, get into Bitcoin. But the agenda that most don't realize, it's more, it's far more nefarious. And it just so happens Microsoft has a patent number, W-O, the letter O, W-O, 2020, Zero six zero six
1: zero six. Wow. And
0: that ties to it. You can search it. You don't have to take my word for it. Search it, folks. Go into a search engine and put that patent number in there I just read. WO twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six. So when you're told you need to have a passport to do this or that, consider what you're being conditioned for and willfully submitting to. Yeah.
1: You know, I was just thinking yesterday about something that Ray had told me about. He told me that cell phones were keying up search results when they got near someone who had been vaccinated in a supermarket. I was like, what?
0: It was returning Bluetooth results if you had Bluetooth turned on.
1: That's unreal. The link to a video showing this is is on his blog under time is running out on blog. And I watched it. And we already know about the vaccine making people magnetic, literally magnetic, like magnets will stick to them to their arm. So I was thinking on this and I said, Lord, I don't understand all of what's going on, but I'm concerned that they have something in it that they can turn on or off to control people. And suddenly out of nowhere, this was this morning, I saw the realtor billboard vision again that I had when I was driving on I-40 when I was moving from Arkansas to Texas in January of 2017. At the time, I didn't understand what I was being shown, but I noted it and I still remember the vision clear as day. It was only in the past 12 months I was able to interpret that vision. What I was shown, the realtor turning demonic very suddenly with no warning, means that people of the land, like our neighbors and friends, people who don't have Jesus, are suddenly going to turn demonic on us with no warning. And it occurred to me, knowing they want to eliminate all of us who are Christian and Christianity from the earth, That people they can control electronically like that, they could use them to kill us one by one. The Lord has shown me over and over again that when the mark comes out, it's going to be marketed as something that is good for you. It's something that's good for you. It's something that's going to protect you. It's going to be convenient. They're going to drive those points home with tons of advertising to get everyone to comply and tons of shaming against the people who refuse to take it.
0: Yeah. yeah, and they're going to pitch it as convenient, just like the passports. They're playing oh, yeah. with They're playing with fire. They are playing with fire.
1: They are trying to play God, and they think they're going to get away with it, but they're going to find out otherwise. But they will get away with it for a while, because this is the end. But after God gets his people out of the earth, I wouldn't want to be them. And while we we're talking on the subject of souls, I want to extend an invitation to anybody who is not saved to join the worldwide family of the one true God. You can know Jesus yourself. You can talk to him all the time and he becomes your best friend. He will give you peace even when everything in the last book of the Bible is happening. He will provide for you and feed you even during the famine. The Bible tells us stories where he did that for others. If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, you're in for a treat. I always thought Christianity looked really boring. And so I ran hard the other way from the Lord for years and years. I was 36 years old before I finally surrendered. Let me tell you what. It may look boring, but it is anything but. Becoming a Christian takes all the limits off your life. And from then on, you are never alone again. If you want to be saved, just say this quick prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the truth, the life, and the only way to heaven. Please forgive me for all the times I've sinned and help me to learn to live a life where sin no longer interests me. I surrender my life to you. I want the joy and peace your word promises. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer, welcome to the worldwide family of God. If you just said that prayer and you don't have a Bible, write to me and let's get you one. If Ray or I, either one can help you, contact us through our websites. We'll be happy to answer any questions or try to help you if we can. Ray's is InnocenceRedeemed.blog and mine is JustPraiseHim.today. And Ray, you want to give your email address real quick?
0: Uh, the email, they can use the contact form under the uh, About section on my website okay. and that'll get the email okay. directly to me. the contact form on mine too. Yep.
1: And I will leave you with this final thought. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Amen. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc. Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box, six zero, Glencoe, Arkansas, seven two five three nine, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will, at some point, encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas costs you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook, The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com.
0: Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21-32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap?